Well, today, ladies and gentlemen, so I, as requested, uh, so this is the first podcast, and today I have a very special guest, uh, Jimmy. Jimmy, thank you very much for coming to my podcast today. Oh, my pleasure, Vickers. Happy to be here. Uh, cool. Hey, uh, Jimmy, can you, uh, this is a casual uh, podcast, so this is uh, to target the New Zealand uh, Salesforce people who wanted to uh, start Salesforce or probably who are using Salesforce. So, you know, there's no formalities here as long as you don't swear. <laughs> but you know, feel free to grab a you know, beer or some whatever you want. Um, so that being said, uh, Jimmy, could you introduce yourself, you know, what you do and, you know, your experience on Salesforce space? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so my name's Jimmy Hesketh. Um, I am a principal technical consultant at Frond currently. Um, I've been working in the Salesforce space for getting close to probably 10 years now. Um, yeah, and sort of my background is sort of technical. I've always loved the technical side of the platform. Um, so I'm a dev at heart. Uh, yeah, I just really enjoy playing with Salesforce and it's been exciting watching the platform grow and change over the last nine or ten years that I've been working with it. So, yeah, that's a really short intro of me. That's pretty cool. Thank you very much for that. So, you mentioned uh, principal technical consultant. So, can you tell me what exactly is technical consultant do? Say, for instance, right? I'm mm. I'm from a, I'm from a say for instance, if I I want to start out into Salesforce, right? I often hear the functional consultant, technical consultant a lot on Salesforce space. So could you tell me what exactly technical consultant means? What do they do? I mean, are they programmers or are they solution architects or is there any? Anyway? Yeah, it's, it's a really good question, Vikas. And the, the answer probably changes depending on where you work. Um, but yeah, I think in general, a technical consultant is someone that knows how to code generally. Um, and they can advise on technical solutions. And I guess the consultant part of the title kind of implies maybe a more business-facing role. So um, a little bit more of a quasi-technical sort of business-facing person um, that can write code and build stuff. But in saying that, I've worked as a technical consultant in lots of companies and, and I've had to do lots of different things. So I think that the job title probably can change a lot depending on where you go okay all right so uh so let's say if someone uh, fresh out of the uni right if is a someone looking for a job in salesforce you think a person can start fresh as a technical consultant probably a graduate technical consultant is that is that something a person who wanted to get into a consulting space right on salesforce a yeah. tech building so so is it possible for a person to get into technical consulting or you think that they have to get enough exposure as becoming a developer first and then from a developer they you know that's the next stage yeah I, I think I think generally the path would be from that development background um, that's like definitely what my path was um, so I think generally yeah you, you go and do your development you used to do that for a few years and get the sort of technical experience um, as a developer, and then you can step into a role where maybe you have a bit more uh, client interaction, maybe um, a bit more sort of business focus, and, and that, then you probably step more into that technical consultant role. Um, but I think that also these days, there's probably not a lot of differentiation at some places between a consultant 
technical consultant and a developer. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of consulting companies that call their consultants technical consultants and they do them use them to do development work. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. Yeah, yeah, that's that's right. I mean, that's something pretty much I did in my previous job as well. Uh, where I worked as a technical consultant, but I end up in doing most of the time development and do partial consulting as well. Yeah, cool. Thank you for that. Um, so you've been working with Salesforce for 10 years. That's quite exciting time, right? Uh, 10 years. So when you first started at the Salesforce, you, did you really like the Salesforce? Because the reason why I'm, I'm asking, like when I, I came from a .NET background, right? When I first started uh, looking at the Salesforce development space, I felt it's a bit clunky, to be honest, because you can't debug the code, right? Yeah. Uh, like you used to do in the .NET C sharp, right? So you can and you can run locally. So is that something uh, you think that can put off many people, or like for instance, you know, uh, like uh, let's say today a Java developer is listening to us today, right? And they mm -hmm. were thinking to get into Salesforce development space. Now they might think. I can't debug a code like I used to do in an Eclipse, right? So is that, but that being said, there is an integrated debugger, right? Mm, so mm. Do you think that that can be, uh, that can put them off or in spite of that um, drawback, is it worth getting into Salesforce? Yeah, like um, I had quite a similar background to you, Vikas. Um, you know, I, I started off as a C-sharp developer and then, I was lucky um, here in Little Old Nelson to get a job um, sort of doing C-sharp plus a little bit of Salesforce on the side. So I remember having quite a similar first impression of Salesforce as you, where um, I remember logging into it for the first time and trying to debug some code that I'd written and um, having to go through the Apex debug log and thinking, holy crap, I've gone back in time 15 years or something. Um, <laughs> but obviously back then I didn't appreciate the pros of it, right? And so I guess, you know, there is some cons of being multi-tenant in the cloud. And one of those is, you know, it hasn't had a, a real-time debugger for a while. I, I know that there is now you can pay to get real-time debugging and you can do the log replays, which is really cool. Um, so kind of fixed that part of the platform recently. But um, I think on the flip side, I was impressed at how quickly I was able to get a, you know, effectively a CRM sort of database up and running and, able to quickly do things that perhaps would take a bit longer if you'd written code for them. Um, so I think back then it was all like workflow rules and stuff. And I remember the first workflow rule I ever created, I was like, holy crap, I just I just done a field update and uh, sent an email and I didn't write a line of code. It was pretty cool. Um, and cool. so, yeah, I think there's definitely like, you know, pros and cons of it. Um, yeah, that's 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 right. I mean, I mean, one of the interesting things what I feel uh, good about Salesforce, right? You can run your entire business using a Chromebook, right? You don't have to install really Visual Studio Code. You can really um, code it using a developer console, right? If you if you are someone who has is not comfortable with Visual Studio Code. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. It's a, yeah, it's a game changer. And to think that that was all kind of. You know, they were doing cloud computing 20 years ago. Like, um, they were the, the forefront, you know, of yeah. the modern cloud computing sort of organizations. So, no, it's, yeah, it's, it's very cool. And to see the platform grow over the last 19 years has been pretty amazing. The the frequency of change and the, the new features that we're constantly, you know, getting brought to us is, is very exciting. It's an exciting uh, platform to work on. And I think that's probably why I've stayed in the Salesforce space for so long. 
that's pretty good that's pretty cool so let's say uh, someone wants to start out sales for the for the first time right um so do you recommend any specific pathways or any kind of any platform? i know the trailhead is a great place but do you think yeah. uh, uh, any other pathway or do you think it's good to for them to take a udemy course or you know uh, you know yeah. how did you go about starting say for instance if jimmy wants to learn salesforce today right so yeah. the 2021 um yeah. june 2021 so if jimmy wants to start out learning salesforce for the first time so what's the first step you think you're going to take i mean yeah. something because the people might be interested to know yeah well i mean other than you know going through trailhead and all that kind of stuff um, I think the big one that I'd encourage people to do is to just volunteer. Um, so, I mean, there's lots of organizations that have Salesforce and a lot of them will jump at the opportunity to have someone come in for free, whether it's, you know, five hours a week or 20 hours a week, um, you know, just to basically use their platform and help them get stuff set up. And I think that if you're working through Trailhead at the same time as doing that, um, you're kind of nailing the theory side and you're getting lots of hands-on exposure and actually seeing a, a real company uh, using Salesforce. Like, so, don't get me wrong, like Trailhead's amazing and it's it's great. Um, but I think that a lot of the the projects and the modules in there are, can be quite simplistic um, and yeah. maybe don't really reflect how a business would really use the platform in some ways. So I think getting that, that real exposure to a real company or not-for-profit uh, using Salesforce is a really powerful way to learn. Um, and that's that's kind of how I got started as well. Um, I was sort of ended up volunteering probably 20 or 30 hours a week, um, sort of working in a small IT shop, and that's kind of what got me my first uh, job in the Salesforce space. So, yeah, no, I, that that would be one, one approach I'd recommend. That's pretty cool. And another thing is that there is a lot of talk about the certifications. I think that's one of the good way to learn that as well, right? It, it will mm -hmm. encourage people to, you know, to have a specific goal, you know, like for instance, um, going for an admin cert, right? So it, it doesn't matter if you're a developer or a, going to be a future architect, right? Do you, you, do you think that it's worth people to pursue admin path first? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I think yeah, starting with admin is such a good base. Like, um, you know, I, I didn't get into the certifications, or I didn't start sitting a lot of certifications until probably like four years ago. Um, before that, I just had my SalesforceForce.com developer, and I sort of had that for about four or five years. And um, yeah, I, I didn't. To be honest, I was probably just oh, I'm a developer, and I'm just quite happy doing what I was doing, and didn't didn't take the opportunity to go and keep up upserting, but I think that every single certification I've done on the Salesforce platform, um, I've definitely learned at least a few things, and so I think that's pretty valuable. And especially when you're new to the platform, um, admin is just such gives you such a broad base of skills. You know, you, you really cover all those fundamental things that um, to be a good developer on the platform, you kind of need to know. Um, and so, yeah, I'd highly recommend everyone starting out, no matter what path you're going to go down on the Salesforce platform, I think that admin is your base. Um, so, yeah, start there. <laughs> that's, that's pretty cool, Jimmy. So, ladies and gentlemen, if Jimmy's saying you should take it, you should, because I, I work with Jimmy, and I, I can tell you he's one <laughs> of the best uh, principal technical consultant I work with. So, 
If he's saying that you should need an admin certification to work as a developer, then I'm pretty much will go for it. That's cool. Uh, thank you. Excellent. Um, so, do you have any specific uh, feature? Uh, do you do you like any 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 specific aspect of Salesforce? Uh, so, do you say, for instance, uh, let's talk about security, right? So, yeah. how important do you think security is in Salesforce space? Yeah, I I like. I think that um, a lot of a lot of people in Salesforce maybe um, don't have a lot of exposure to security best practices, but yeah, I think it's critically important. And I learned a lot about it when I uh, was working at National Australia Bank. Um, but yeah, I, I think that it's critical to the platform. I mean, it's critical to, to people trusting the platform and you know, Salesforce continuing to win new business. And I think that you can kind of see that by the fact that they've had such a strong focus on it over the last um, couple of years, there's been a lot of uh, changes to, you know, how the default security works on things like communities and sites, um, and and with new features as well. You know, like permission sets and permission set groups and stuff. Um, you can tell that Salesforce is really taking it seriously as they should. Uh, I think we all should probably be a bit more security conscious. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's great. Um, one of the things, like, I would also like to touch that, you know, uh, the profiles and permission sets, right? I mean, who are using that aspect needs to use it wisely, right? Because I have seen that people go and using, oh, let's create a profile for that, profile for this, you know, instead of really looking at the permission sets, you know, now we got permission set groups, like you said, right? Mm. So that's one of the aspects. I think if someone starting out, right, should pay a little bit more attention to that will really help you know companies who are using salesforce you know to leverage the security aspect in, the, in an efficient way yeah definitely and I, I think that it makes um you know developing and debugging on the platform so much easier as well um if you have a good solid understanding of like the role hierarchy um how sharing and visibility works and then also how you know your profiles and your permission sets and your permission set groups all tie into that um I think that as you work on the platform, it's going to massively help you in terms of debugging things or figuring out those little issues where somebody goes, oh, I can't see this record or or how come I'm able to see all of this stuff? Um, it just, you know, it, it really will uh, enhance your skills and, and make it, you know, make things a lot easier down the line, I think, if you can nail that early. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's well said. I mean, I I appreciate that response. It's it's quite true what you said to me, because you know, I mean, like like I said, I've seen you know people going creating profiles for different stuff, and then you know things changes. They're like, oopsie, what? That's not working, right? So that's one of the things I would highly encourage uh, people to you know pay a little bit more attention. That's that's great. Now, um, so uh, coming to New Zealand market, right? Since we both are living in New Zealand, right? So it's obviously. Yeah talk about New Zealand market it's a great country so great people and great beers right yeah yeah that's right. <laughs> so I did I did hear last time uh, that um, vaccine registers been maintained in Salesforce which is fantastic in my opinion I think Ministry of Health uses Salesforce to maintain that yeah so that's that shows right the level of maturity the Salesforce has reached and if a government agencies you know trust that Salesforce for their, you know, the core, you know, because vaccine is a big thing, right? For even the COVID stage we are. 
So New Zealand trusting the data, uh, government trusting Salesforce with the data. So that that really you know tells you that you know Salesforce is for up for something, right? And people should really look into that if that's something they're are after. Is yeah. is that something safe to say, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I, th- I think that um, I think New Zealand, in terms of Salesforce in New Zealand, I know that when I I, I moved to Melbourne. Um, Probably about seven or eight years ago, uh, I was quite fresh in the Salesforce market and I moved over to Melbourne and worked over there and only came back um, last year just before COVID-19 hit. Um, but I, I will say that the Salesforce market in Australia seems a lot more like mature, um, like there's got a lot more penetration into government clients over there. Um, it's a lot more widely accepted. And I think that we're kind of just starting to hit that point now in New Zealand where we're starting to see some really big governance government organizations sort of uh starting to to you know release stuff on the salesforce platform and starting to you know buy into the salesforce product suite um but yeah i think it's a really exciting time to be a salesforce person in new zealand because it's kind of just i think it's just getting started um i think we're just going to see it grow and grow uh especially now with like you say um there's so many products that are coming out you know like the new vaccine cloud you know which i think new zealand's using um yeah products like that are just going to keep expanding its reach into corporate new zealand i think yeah and uh, i believe that uh you know uh one thing I, I really hope that you know more and more breweries in new zealand start adopting salesforce <laughs> oh right you yeah. know imagine going to work and say oh yeah you're talking about beers all day and fixing a problem in salesforce space that's like a dream job <laughs> yeah that sounds awesome you yeah the um epic exchange product for the breweries because yeah that should be that should be something we should do eh? um so how big is salesforce in south island i know that in in north island right i mean since you're from south island nelson right uh in yeah. like i live i live in a small town in palms north central north so we do have a very tiny minuscule you know council use of salesforce so is it bigger in nelson uh salesforce or is it catching up or you know people are aware of salesforce in something yeah, and I probably can't really speak that well for for the South Island, but I mean, in terms of um, Nelson, um, the 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 place that I started out at, started my career at Fuse IT. Big shout out to them. Um, they do Salesforce stuff, but it's not really a lot of work in the Nelson region. I, I think we, when I was there, we had worked for a few smaller clients, uh, like some local businesses and stuff, um, but more much smaller scale than you probably get um, up on the North Island. Uh, a lot of the, their work was overseas based for the US um, and the UK. So, yeah, I guess um, given that I don't really uh, do a lot of Salesforce work in the South Island, I <laughs> I don't think there's a lot here. Um, I have seen on Seek and stuff, there is stuff happening in Christchurch, um, but obviously, you know, that's a much bigger city than Nelson, so kind of makes sense there's more going on there. Um, but, yeah, I, I, think, I think the Salesforce scene in Christchurch is starting to pick up and grow obviously with Trinio down there um you know and I think that some of the other larger consultancies are starting to to have small practices based in Christchurch so yeah I I think it's it's growing uh across the South Island yeah it sounds good that's kind I mean it's it's quite big in Northern Ireland right especially on Auckland um Wellington we got a lot of jobs running Salesforce basically in the government agencies right yeah Uh, yeah yeah, so that's 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 pretty cool. So yeah, I mean, I think if someone who's listening uh, to 
to this podcast tonight uh, want to start off Salesforce. I think it's a pretty good, great place to start. And an amount of salaries, you know, you know, people are always interested in money, right? So I just thought mm-hmm. let me mention that as well. Uh, you know, get paid pretty well compared to other technologies. I mean, at this stage. So mm-hmm. if you if you are someone who's interested, you know, it, it's a great place to start Salesforce. I mean, you know, there, I don't think so. There is any other better technology at this point in time, you know, which it gives you so much of exposure, right? You know, coding, business, startup things, integration, you know, mm-hmm. and, and even, the, you know, greatest stuff. To, even, even in the United States, right? One of my mates, he works for AT&T, right? So they use Salesforce as well. So even the telecom sectors, they use Salesforce, so, which is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know there's some big uh, telcos in New Zealand that are they're using Salesforce here as well. Um, but yeah, I guess just to add to your point, you know, like, I think that ultimately wages are driven by supply and demand. And I think the demand for Salesforce people in New Zealand is much higher than the number of people there are here. So, um, yeah, I think wages are just going to keep going up and going up and going up. Um, yeah, that's good that. for us. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, so that's pretty much I wanted to talk about uh, today, Jimmy. Thank you so much for coming to my show. Like I said, it's my first podcast. I was nervous, but it felt like, you know, two buddies having a chat. You know, the only thing, I didn't yeah. t- I didn't have my beer today, but it's Monday, so it's fine. Pleasure to join you. Um, and I'm very happy that I was number one. <laughs> oh, yeah, thanks, right? Appreciate it. And yeah. you have a good evening. Thank you. Yeah, you too. Thank you. Yeah. Bye.